Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. The Apostle Paul is on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar and make his defense before the emperor there. And we have seen uh, in our last session on his journey that the boat that he was on came into a fierce storm and was driven out into the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. And yet God revealed to Paul by an angel who appeared to him that everyone on board would be preserved, they would be saved, and that God was going to bring Paul to uh, the city of Rome to testify and to present the gospel to Caesar. Now we're picking up today in Acts chapter 27 and starting in verse 27, we're going to read uh, from verse 27 down through the end of the chapter. When the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, they had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the heads of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons on the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship, and so it was, that all were brought safely to land. Well, Luke gives us an indication now of how long the storm had driven the ship out to sea and just how far they had gone. 
He says that the 14th night had come, and they were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, which separates Italy and Greece. This would have been uh, the southern end of that sea, out really in the open Mediterranean Ocean, uh, but beneath uh, the boot of Italy. Luke says that about midnight, the sailors suspected they were nearing land and took a sounding to find out how deep the water was. Uh, the sounding that they took came back at about 20 fathoms, which is uh, close to about 120 feet deep. After a little while, they did it again, and this time it was at 15 fathoms, about 90 feet deep. And so because they were nearing land, the, the ocean bottom was getting uh, more and more shallow, they feared that they would run aground. So they lowered the anchors and prayed for day to come so they could see something. Now they were all eager to escape the ship, so they lowered the ship's boat or life raft, into the water. Paul, however, told the centurion that unless the men stayed on the ship, they would not be saved. Remember, the angel had appeared to Paul and said that God had granted to him everyone on board. Well, Paul is taking that very literally here and to mean that it is everyone who's on the ship and that they need to stay on board the ship as long as they can and uh, that they would be saved that way. To make sure, then, that the men would stay in the ship, the soldiers uh, cut the ropes away. So the centurion now was following Paul's directions. Uh, they let the ship go to prevent anyone from escaping the larger vessel. Uh, it seems that the centurion now is believing Paul, where he had before believed the sailors and the navigator and the captain of the ship. Now he's, he's realized that Paul uh, really knows what he's talking about. When day was about to dawn, then Paul urged them all, in verse 33, to take food and to eat. Apparently they had been all in suspense and on edge for the entire 14-15 day period. They hadn't even taken food to eat because they'd been preoccupied with keeping the ship afloat and saving their own lives. Paul urges the men to take some food to replenish their strength and repeats his prophecy that not a hair would perish from the head of any of them in verse 34. This was a powerful reminder that God had, again, spoken to Paul by his angel to reveal how he would preserve and protect the crew of sailors, soldiers, and prisoners through this terrible storm. Paul takes bread and breaks it after giving thanks to God. He broke the bread in the presence of all and began to eat. The men see Paul's example, and they take bread and eat of it as well. And Paul's trust in God allows him to take this bread, to eat it, even in the middle of a storm. You know, for 14 days, they had all been very busy trying everything they could to keep themselves afloat in the water. Now Paul is saying, God has promised to protect and preserve the life of every person on board this ship. Let's go ahead and eat some food and get our strength back up 
and trust that God is going to take care of us while we do that. He was showing the men that to depend on God at this point meant to stop working and eat to restore their strength. God would take care of them while they ate. You know, this is a good lesson for us as well. Sometimes in the service of our Lord Jesus, we think we just need to continue to work and to work and to work and to serve and serve and serve. Uh, but sometimes it is necessary for us to stop and take, take a step back and to replenish ourselves. Uh, spiritually, through uh, reading the Word of God, through prayer, through fellowship with others. Um, the, the Christian life is not always a life of do, 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 work, work, work. It should also be a, a time where we occasionally rest and spend uh, time in the presence of the Lord. Paul, after taking this bread, breaking it, eating it, giving it to the other sailors, they all uh, eat it as well. He's demonstrating his dependence on the Lord, and we should depend on the Lord as well in our lives, realizing that uh, we, we can occasionally take a break, uh, spend time in God's presence, spend time reading the word. We don't always need to be doing, doing, serving, working. Well, we find out now that there were 276, although some manuscripts say 76 or about 76 persons on the ship. It seems uh, when they had eaten enough, they decided to lighten the ship again by throwing out the wheat into the sea. Well, this itself would have been an act of faith, uh, showing that they believed Paul to some degree that God had told uh, him that they would be preserved and that they would uh, run up on land. And uh, so finally the day comes in verse 39 and all the men can now see that they are on land, although they do not recognize it. They're lightening the boat in an attempt to try to uh, get it to a certain point in the bay that they notice with a beach and try to run aground the ship uh, on that beach. Well, they cast off the anchors, and they let them fall into the sea. They loosened the ropes that tied the rudders, allowing them to float forward once again, hoisted the foresail to pick up the wind and begin to steer toward the beach. But the boat struck uh, a reef or possibly a sandbank here, sandbar, something under the water that prevented them from going any further. And the vessel ran uh, onto the land there. So Luke writes, the bow stuck and remained immovable and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The ship was now lost and they would have had to abandon it and make for the land in verse 41. Well, the sailors decide that they should kill the prisoners in verse 42. This is probably motivated by their sense of duty, that they should not let anyone escape their custody. And since it's now a situation where they could not positively enforce their imprisonment, it might be better just to kill them than to allow them to escape and later face the consequences. Think back on how the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16 considered a loss of prisoners to be something worthy of his own self-execution in that chapter. 
Uh, the centurion, Julius, however, wanted to save Paul, and so he kept the soldiers from carrying out this plan. Instead of killing the prisoners, he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, in verse 43. Those who could not swim would hold on to planks or pieces of the ship and use them to float their way over to the land. So Luke doesn't give us all the details of, of exactly how or how long this took, but everyone eventually made it safely over to the land, to the island. And so Paul's prediction was proven to be accurate. The angel had indeed appeared to Paul and told him that God had granted him the lives of everyone on that vessel. Now there is much application here in this chapter for our Christian lives today. God will not always deliver us from the storms of life, from suffering and pain in this life as Christians. Paul's life and Jesus' life are ample proof of that truth. Both Paul and the Lord Jesus suffered greatly throughout their lifetimes. However, God will always provide for us with his own presence within those storms of life. We are not required to walk through suffering in this life as believers in Jesus Christ alone. We have the abiding presence of Christ through his spirit with us from day to day. The outcomes of the storms of life may be very negative, you know, in this chapter, they were able to get through the storm and everyone survived. And so it was a very positive outcome. In the storms that occur within our lives, the outcomes may be very negative. And yet God will stay with us and continue to hear us through the storms. And for believers in Jesus Christ, there is an ultimate sense in which our suffering will one day be finished, has a, an end date. And we know that this ultimately occurs when we see Jesus Christ face to face one day. And so there's a lot of um, encouragement that we can take that God will stay with us and give us help and strength through the storms in this life. And that ultimately one day we will see Jesus Christ face to face in a place where there will be no suffering, no more pain, no more tears. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.